as always, on Wednesdays, we talk college football with Chip Patterson. Cover 3 podcast, CBSSports.com, my friend. So let me start this way. I saw um, a great question asked on college game day that the first, as soon as I saw it, I thought, I'm going to ask Chip that. Ooh. Yes. So... I don't watch college game day, not because I'm against it in any way. We just have our own CBS Sports HQ 11 a.m. pregame. So I, I I have not heard this question. You're, right, you're catching me cold. Let's go. I also generally do not watch college game day. It just so happens I was in and there were no other options because it's the international break and I had no Premier League to uh, to distract me. So let me uh, let me ask the question, which is this. Right now, give me the conference that is most likely to miss the playoff? The Pac-12. See, across the board on the panel, maybe it's because they were in Seattle for Oregon at Washington. Across the board on the panel, I think you have, it's either that or the Big 12, but across right. the board they said the ACC. Mm-mm. No. I, so... Before the ACC part, let's let's work okay. our way around. It ain't the Big Ten. The Big Ten is no. the most likely conference to get two in the college football playoff. Okay, um, yes, I would agree. The SEC, because our brains are poisoned. And the reason why the Big 12 isn't there is because I think the Big 12 has two. Oklahoma already has the win against Texas. It has a very right. manageable schedule the rest of the way. Texas has an opportunity to run the table and has the win against Alabama in its back mm-hmm. pocket. If, you know, Either one of those are, are the Big 12 champion. You're, you're going to find yourself in the college football playoff. But while we've got this like great you know, top tier, I mean, shoot, there's six Pac-12 teams in the AP Top 25 right now. Yes. I, don't, I don't see a path where flaws cannot be exposed because Washington is deservedly you know, leading the pack right now, but Washington can get picked on. Washington could get picked off. We just need to look back a couple weeks ago when Arizona, Dagum almost did it, right? Right. So uh, Oregon's already got a loss. USC already has the loss to Notre Dame. I just think that th- the path, which includes all these teams playing each other too, is just more than likely going to produce a two-loss conference champion. Um, what and If it's a one-loss conference champion, they've got a great chance. But of the, the power conference teams – I do think that uh, the Pac-12, because of how the schedule plays out for all of these teams, where they all have to play each other, probably going to catch a rematch of some sorts in the Pac-12 title game. I could see the Pac-12 getting left out. Washington still has to play at Southern Cal. They have to play Utah, and they have to play at Oregon State, which is not going to be easy because the I think the Achilles on Washington is their defense is not awesome, although right. it's certainly played relatively well against high-powered Oregon. Uh, but, yeah, I, look, it's, I thought the answer was the Pac-12, but I, I still I understand that Texas has the win over Alabama, but you even said, you kind of intimated that maybe the SEC isn't what we thought it was. I don't think Georgia's been laying waste to their competition. Like, neither Georgia or Michigan have played anybody outside the league. And they're, but they're neither has moved from their spots in the uh, in the in the polls, and I don't know how the playoff poll is going to react. Oh, I do. It's going it, to be the it, same, it, probably. 
No, 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 no. This is if to use the selection committee's own criteria. Okay. Because they've started having me do this on CBS Sports Network on Mondays. Um, Michigan and Georgia would not be top four if they released a poll on Tuesday. Their strength of schedule numbers are My horrendous. knees just got weak, Chip. Listen, this is what I would have it at. And this is using the committee's own criteria and habits. Like, I've been tracking this. Okay, I've got good. A pretty good feel. So it would be Oklahoma 1, Washington 2, Ohio State 3, Florida State 4. Oklahoma, uh, strength of schedule is pretty good, but they have dominated their competition. They're right. top 10 offense, top 10 defense, best wins, Texas on a neutral, and Iowa State which secretly might be the third best team in the Big 12, um, mm-hmm. that's your second best win. Washington has the Oregon win. Ohio State has the Notre Dame road win. Florida State does not have a win that compares individually to Texas, Oregon, or Notre Dame, but has the combo of LSU and Clemson. Michigan, yeah, best both win. Both away from home, by the way. Yeah, Michigan, best win, Rutgers. Yeah, I know. Georgia, best win, Kentucky. Both of those are at home. Now, the strength of schedule the rest of the way is more difficult. The opportunities you know, for Michigan and Georgia are going to be there to have more quality wins. But if we were using that committee's, what do your wins look like? What are your strength of schedule numbers? Georgia, strength of schedule 102. Michigan, strength of schedule 113. And Michigan would be ahead of Georgia because you know what Georgia hasn't done? It hasn't dominated right. its competition. So Michigan I, I, has. Michigan has at least done that. So I give the Wolverines the edge there. But uh, yeah, right now, if they released a college football playoff selection committee rankings on Tuesday night after week seven's results, there would not be an SEC team in the playoff. First of all, that makes me laugh because I, I don't I honestly don't believe it, uh, but I trust you. So I hope you're right. But just by well, you saying a, it, that's also why they don't <laughs> release the rankings until Halloween <laughs> until right? the SEC is ready. Until the until the SEC has said okay, okay, you know what they really do? They're like they wait for the cocktail party to finish. They're like, all right, we we got to get the cocktail party out of the way, and yeah. then yeah, we've got um on the SEC on CBS game of the week. That's going to be Alabama Tennessee. Yeah, like they, good game. They really do wait for uh, at least you know one quality opponent for uh, for all the title contenders. So, is a two loss Alabama still that kind of a win? For Texas, because Alabama hasn't been great. I mean, we we all know. Like the the truth of the matter is that there's really not a lot of difference between Alabama and Clemson. So Ooh. I don't think there is. I think they're both they're they're both good, and that's as far as it goes. Uh, they're they're not they're not. I don't think they're upper echelon teams. I don't. I mean, who who are Alabama's? Didn't they just struggle with Arkansas? So. I think that Alabama has gotten better. All right, so how about this? Let's play a game. Um, Jaden Daniels lighting the world on fire right right now for LSU. 22 touchdowns to three interceptions, averaging 11 yards per attempt. He is on pace to do statistical things that have not been done uh, since Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, like Heisman Trophy winners. He leads the SEC in passer rating. Do you know who's number two? Oh, wait, we're talking about uh, what, Alabama's quarterback? Jalen Milrow. And, because here's and? what they've done. They have switched that offense to his skill set. I, I, this Alabama offense has gotten better in recent weeks. Now, his skill set is let's eliminate the intermediate part of the field, okay? Mm-hmm. Swing passes or deep balls. He is a, like, go up there and just swing for the fences. And because Alabama does have the athleticism at wide receiver, they're going to you know either get pass interference or get a catch on a lot of those. And I think Milrow has gotten better over the last couple of games. We got better. Shout out Mark Goffrey. 
Um, we got I, better tonight. Got better tonight. Um, I think that Alabama. I don't. I don't want to poo-poo Alabama. I think Alabama. Too late. Is, I did it. Yeah, I think Alabama's limited. I think their defense is one of the best in the country. That's something they haven't. Sounds like uh, Cle- you just described Clemson to me. I think Alabama's quarterback play has been more reliable. Like I think Cade Klubnick could whoops this up at Miami. The only sure. path to Miami winning that game is Cade Klubnick turnovers, and he's he's got to tighten that thing up right now. And uh, I trust Milro more than I trust Cade Klubnick. I think the right difference now. between Alabama and Clemson is that Clemson's schedule is more difficult. Um, again, twenty four twenty one at home against Arkansas, who's got no wins in the league uh, and is just two and five overall. So I'm not uh, look. I, I'm not saying Alabama's bad. I, I know I know how people are going to take that, uh, but. If Alabama drops a game to Tennessee or LSU, then I mean it's they're just they're just not Al, they're not the normal Alabama. Now that doesn't well, mean that Texas's is- win at in Tuscaloosa uh, isn't still impressive because it is. Well, it's not a top five win, right? right. That's like what the number beside Alabama's name at the time is not what it's going to be. But Texas, mm-hmm. uh, in the position where Texas beats Oklahoma, Oklahoma is likely way up there, and Alabama yes. is still probably in the top fifteen. Like that's the thing is, Alabama's defense this year is better than Alabama's defense last year. Alabama's offense is worse than it was last year, um, but it it continues to fall well short of the program standard that we have for the Crimson Tide. But mm-hmm. compare it to the rest of college football in the 2023 season, that's still a top 10, top 15 team. Yeah, th- th- there's no question. I've got it at like 12 on my – like my CBS Sports 133 yeah. ballot, which is not just chipolytics. I mean, it's opinion uh, factored in, especially for teams at the top. I think I've got them at 12 right now. You have them at 11 right behind the University of North Carolina, which is where I am headed now. So it's really right in front of them, isn't it? Yes. Um, don't stub your toe on the coffee table that is Georgia Tech in Atlanta in a couple of weeks. And then it's right there, the last three games, home against Duke, at Clemson, at State. Thoughts? I. This is the, the great existential crisis for a North Carolina football fan. Tar Heels versus Expectations. Unfortunately, <laughs> expectations has a big edge in the series history. <laughs> but I, I do think there's something to be said for um, the fact that this team does have some actual maturity, as in juniors and seniors that have been playing ball for you know two, three years. Um, they've been a part of falling short of expectations. You know, they understand you know what it looks like to get really really high nine and one at the end of the season people are finally taking you seriously and then bungle the finish i think last year's finish makes north carolina better for this mid-season stretch um i underestimated what tez walker's full Mm. return was going to be a big 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 miss by me because i said everything was with drake may i was like drake may like that's like you throw him in the mix, that's a luxury. No, 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 no. Like that, he could find in, wind up being, like he's not going to end up being put ahead of Keon Coleman on no. any all-ACC lists, but <laughs> we're, we're going to be talking about him in that same conversation of elite wide receivers in this conference, what he can do after the catch. You know, he is, is so interesting. Penn State's going to be playing against Ohio State this weekend. They've got a guy named Dante Cephas also from that same Kent State offense last oh, year. Oh, wow. 
And Cephas has been a disappointment. Walker in one game, I already think is the the better pickup for the Tar Heels. Just a really strong job of uh, being able to identify you know what he's going to be able to do and is that translatable because he was running past Miami defensive backs that started the season on all ACC lists. And that's, right. it was it was an impressive performance from Walker, and I do think that he re- he is worth like a half a game to the Tar Heels, especially when we think about the defenses that they're going to face against Mike Elko and Duke, you know, going up against Miles Jones, you're going up against Al Blades Jr. You know, when you get into going up against Nate Wiggins at Clemson and Clemson's defense on the road in Death Valley, you have got to have somebody that's special. And Nate McCollum's been very, very good. And Drake Mm -hmm. May, we obviously know, is special. But, man, I I undersold what Walker's return would mean. And uh, I think the Miami... The Miami performance was something I took note of. You know we place bets here every uh, every day at 145. And last week, but not, two weeks ago, I guess now, on Friday, uh, I had like three Tez Walker props. I had over 110 yards uh, receiving. I had, uh, uh, I think, at least two touchdowns, whatever, three of them. I was one week early. Right. Every single one of them hit last week. He's he he takes their offense. They have gone to plaid uh, yeah, to right, uh, right. to quote uh, Spaceballs. I gave the wrong movie out yesterday. Shouts to the person who to, who uh, who corrected me on on Twitter. It was Spaceballs, not History of the World. Why I oh, I screwed those two up? They, it's a different oh, Mel Brooks movie, right? Both amazing yeah. Mel Brooks movies. Uh, all right, um, I guess this will be our final thing, real quick. Duke is at Florida State. They're getting, it's like 13 and a half points. If Riley Leonard plays, Duke wins, right? Not that. Here's, here's. Um, <laughs> if he's, he's got to be 100% healthy if he plays. And if he's not 100% healthy, I wouldn't play him. Florida State defensive coordinator Adam Fuller was asked about Riley Leonard this week. And the very first thing he mentioned was his legs. Yep. You know, how, like, you got to be really concerned about that. If they think that Riley Leonard is not 100%. They won't play him. They are going to tee off on Riley Leonard. Ask right. Cade Klubnick what it feels like when Kalen Deloach is coming flying in off the end and your running back misses a blocking assignment. <laughs> um, right. no, Jared Burks, Tatum Bethune. Florida State's defense has not been awesome. Okay? Like, it has not been what you would normally expect, but there are enough dudes that they can tee off in a pass rush situation if they think that Leonard is not a threat to run. I would not play Leonard not only looking out for him and his health, but for competitive reasons, unless he can go do everything that he has done in the biggest games against the best defenses. I think that Duke's defense can do a really good job against Florida State, applying pressure to Jordan Travis, but they need Travis to make mistakes, Mm -hmm. which he has done. He's not a very accurate passer. And if Dwayne Carter is bearing down on him, he might have a whoopsie daisy moment and like, you know, just chuck it up. And you know, here comes Duke mm. with a short field, but Duke will need short fields and turnovers to, to win this football game because while they did a fantastic job of manning up against Clemson's wide receivers, Clemson's wide receivers are not Keon Coleman mm. and Johnny Wilson. Agreed. So that's, Agreed. that's kind of the, the matchup point for me. Uh, I think Florida state's going to score 28, 31 points just because of like the some of those physicality advantages on the ver- on the perimeter so how does duke work its way to to get in there as well we'll we'll see i think all, 
I think turnovers is the only way Florida State gets to that, unless Duke's offense is non-existent. Um, they uh, healthy Riley Leonard, Duke's going to win the game. Without him, Florida State. I don't think Florida State will cover, but I think uh, I think Florida State will win if it's not also if my, Riley uh, Leonard can't play. Yeah, I'm. I I think that it would be hilarious. It would be so awesome because you know what happened. Florida State scheduled Duke for homecoming. Oops. <laughs> you, 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 yep. thought, you, you thought that Duke was showing yep. up. Oops. They got the wrong Duke. They hey, got the wrong hey, Duke go this ask, week. Go ask Maryland, who scheduled Illinois for homecoming last week, how that wound up. Yep. Oops. Not good. You know, like, I just, and I've, I'm kind of like dropping it into existence. Like, you know, Duke's never beat Florida State. It's 21 0 Knowles. Yep. And you scheduled them for homecoming. Oops. Okay. We'll see. I, I'd love it. I would it love it. It would be awesome. Chip Patterson, you're it the man. It would also knock the ACC out of the college football playoff, except well, for no, North no, Carolina. Duke's still in it. Okay, Duke's still in it, and North uh, Carolina, and North Carolina is still in North it too. Carolina. Yeah. Thank you very much, Chip. Sounds good. Y'all be well. All right, it's Chip Patterson here on the Adam Gold Show. <laughs> uh, I'm going to sell this until until he buys it. I'm going to sell it until he buys it.